The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad, so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Leprosy is a terrible thing. It's the decay of the body while you're still alive. It's a disease that, if you've ever seen St. Damien of Molokai and his picture from before he went to the island to be a leper among the lepers, and that towards the end of his life, it changes you. It distorts. It disfigures. It corrupts. Indeed, it is a painful thing, the disease in and of itself. But as we hear alluded to in our first reading from Leviticus, as well as that in the Gospel, the physical suffering might not have even been the worst part. Dying on the outside wasn't enough. One also was then dying on the inside, excommunicated from the entire community, excommunicated from God himself. The reality is that, as we heard, by law, one who was a leper was required to go about to humiliate himself so as to keep everyone far at bay, yet to stay far away, lest one also catch leprosy. He had to cry out continuously, unclean, unclean. Wouldn't that be fun, huh? Everyone stay away. How about a nice scarlet letter for him, huh? It's a simple fact that it was something that necessarily kept others away. And because it kept others away, it also meant that you had to stay away, to stay away from the temple to stay away from the dwelling place of God. That indeed, if God was there in the holy house, you had to stay away, to keep away from him. Leprosy was something that made one unclean, as we said. That's why you had to cry out, unclean, unclean. Uncleanness was a different thing than sin itself. Uncleanness was when you came in contact with something uh, or something issued forth from you um, that was a manifestation of death. When someone, when, when, when someone would come in touch with, in contact with blood, with the blood of another person especially, 
you became unclean because life is in the blood. And if life is poured out, it is then death. And so, if you came in contact with the blood of another person, you were ritually unclean and you had to go through certain purifications and washings and ceremonies before you could enter back into the community, before you could go to church again, essentially. And this is why we have, you know, the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. When the priest looks over and he sees the guy in the, in the, in the ditch and he's dirty and he's, and, he's, and he's bloodied from being beaten, he goes, I'm on my way to the temple. I can't. I have to stay clean. I can't become unclean by touching this man. So it was uncleanness was a simple reality. But as often takes place, um, God was using physical things of old to prepare for spiritual things of new. Of old, there were certain sins when, when you would commit it, they would say the consequence is death, stoning. In the reality in the New Testament, we recognize that our consequence of sin is not a physical death, if it is grievous, but a spiritual one. Mortal sin. The soul dies, not just simply the body. And so, too, also leprosy is a wonderful analog of the reality of sin itself. Though they are different things, sometimes the Jews might imply or be very clear that the man became a leper because he had sinned, right? If you're sick, it's because you did something wrong. We just don't know what it is. But the simple fact is that the, the, the reality of leprosy is for us a reminder, a visible, physical reminder of that interior reality of what sin does. Again, leprosy is a corruption of the flesh, a disfigurement. Not to be crude, but to be around a leper, because of, because of it as a decay of the flesh, there's a stench. It's not a pleasant thing in any way, shape, or form. And on account of that, it is a painful thing, in addition to the separations already noted. But this is the exact reality of what sin is and what sin does. Sin is the thing that whenever we give a place to it in our lives, it corrupts us. It changes us. We become disfigured, different than who we ought to have been from the start. In a sense, there's a stench. Not a physical one, but certainly a spiritual one. When we see unholy things, there's something, there's something, if our heart is properly attuned and in accord with God, there's something in us that naturally kind of pushes back against it, whether in a major way or even a small way. When we experience sin, whether in others or within ourselves, something, if, again, if we are attuned to God, something kind of goes, ugh. And this is the reality, is this is what sin does. And if we give over to it completely, we are the walking dead. Mortal sin, of course, the reality that indeed, though one might look alive, there is all decay and death. Leprosy in its full form is a reality of what mortal sin truly is to the soul. It's alive, theoretically. It looks as if, but it's actually dying separated from God, separated from others, turned in on itself, 
making sure to keep everyone else at bay. Unclean, unclean, don't come near. This is what sin does to us. And this is why leprosy in the Gospels is a wonderful reminder to us of the power of God. The power of our blessed Lord as he comes to us. In the gospel, the man goes to our blessed Lord, already breaking the rules. (laughs) He doesn't seem to be crying out, unclean, unclean. And he goes to the Lord within arm's reach to speak to him. He throws himself at his feet and says, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. And the Lord reaches out, touches him and says, I do will it be made clean. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, when in, when in, in which we were reminded of the fact that our blessed Lord, when he received baptism, uh, it was he that sanctified the water, not the water that sanctified him. For us, it's the opposite. The water sanctifies us. He sanctified the water. And the same happens with the leper. Rather than him becoming unclean, which is how it ought to have worked, he makes the leper clean because he is cleanliness itself, he is perfection, he is God. He makes the man clean. Indeed, you are clean. I do will it. And with a word, the man is healed. For us, the same is the invitation. For us to come to our Lord and desire to be made clean. In Leviticus, it talked about the fact that, that the leper, he had to necessarily, had to, he had to keep his beard short, he had to keep his head uncovered, he had to keep his garments opened. A physical reality of, 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 of manifesting his illness. At that point, it was a sign of shame. But when we come to our blessed Lord, when we uncover ourselves, when we open our heart, when we, when, we, when we show the Lord what is actually inside of us, when we show him manifest our sin, when we uncover our sin, as the psalm we just heard a moment ago, when I uncover my sin, Lord, you come and remove my guilt and my shame. When I open myself to you, you heal me. The evil one loves for us to keep things quiet. To cover that one little spot, to not address that one little thing, or maybe it's not so little thing, to be able to keep it to ourselves. Sometimes because we're afraid maybe God will actually do something with it. Maybe we'll actually be healed and our life will have to change a little bit. Maybe it's because we're afraid maybe, maybe our faith is a little bit, a little bit weak and we're, we're afraid that if we open our hearts to God, maybe, maybe it won't happen and it'll be a disaster. Maybe all sorts of things could be taking place within our mind or our heart where the evil one is whispering those simple little words to us, do not open entirely. Don't trust entirely. Keep a bit for yourself. An insurance policy in case things in God don't work out. You've at least got this. But it's our Lord who desires us to come and to open our hearts to him. And indeed, this can be a challenge. And sometimes we're there, but we're we're not there yet. 
A reminder of the, the story in the gospel of our Lord who goes to the man who's, who's you know, he's, he's perpetually waiting next to the pool. And every time they come to stir up the waters that are healing, everybody else gets in first because he's too slow, because he's sick. And Jesus comes to him and he says, do you want to be made well? And if I was that man, I would have said a number of things that I would have immediately regretted. Do I want to be well? Son, I've been sitting next to this pool longer than you've been alive. And then I would have been like, ah, I just said that to Jesus. I'm surely not getting in the water now. All right? But there's this reality that, that viscerally you, would, you naturally want to respond of, of who wouldn't want to be well? And yet, how much do we still love our sins? How easily we are tempted and go, well, it's not that bad right now. I can handle that. I'll go to confession later. We could presume upon these things even. Do we want to be made well? Do we want to be healed? It's not a question of whether God wants us to be healed. When the man goes to the Lord, he says, if you want me to be healed, the Lord's like, that's why I took on flesh. I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Do you want that? Do we want that today? Are we willing to let Christ change us? Because this is what he actually does. Christ comes to us and he touches us even today. The finger of God reaches down to us by the gift of the sacraments of the church. The Protestant reformers had an idea of the mercy of God. It was something to the effect of the human person is a pile of dung. And to, to, to clean us up, God comes and puts a nice uh, sheet of white snow on top of us to make us look presentable. That was their idea of the mercy of God. We're still totally disgusting, but we look nice on the outside. But this is not the gospel. Jesus doesn't go to the man and said, you look great on the outside, still dying on the inside, but you look great. Go ahead and have fun. He says, no, you're clean. You're healed. You are changed. Go. And the same for us. In the sacraments, we experience the touch of Jesus Christ. And it changes us, if we're willing. Every time we go to confession, the blood of Jesus Christ covers us if we uncover ourselves. Every time, every time we come to this holy altar and receive the blessed sacrament, he touches us with his very flesh. That same flesh that touched the leper and made him clean, it comes to us, and if we are willing, it will make us clean too. It can heal us. It can save us. If we're willing. St. Paul said a crazy thing today. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That seems a rather prideful statement. I don't know about you, but if I stood up here and said, hey, everyone, I'm going to set the example of being a Christian. You just listen to me and follow what I do. Some of you would probably be like, hmm, conceited much? All right, he thinks he's got his act together. Good for him. In reality, I should be doing that as your spiritual father. I should have my act together. And you should be able to look to me as the example, and I hope that I am at least a good one. 
But the simple fact is that to say it so clearly is a manifestation that Paul knew he had been healed. Paul knew he had been changed. It wasn't pride working in him. It was humility. He was simply a continuous sign of God touched me. And the scales literally fell from his eyes. He was healed of his wickedness, healed of his hardness of heart. And he was able to go out and tell everyone, imitate me, not because he thinks he's so great, but because he knew he was so much in need and he knew who could do something about it. And that same man is at work here in the confessional, in the Eucharist. If we come to him and bear our hearts, he wills it, and we can be made clean.